0: Hello, biblical citizens. Well, here we are.
1: In-person voting in the California recall election is happening right now, this weekend, and concludes this coming Tuesday, September 14th. Millions have already voted by mail, but many more votes are yet to be cast. And we're so happy to have as our guest, and we've had him before, Assemblyman Kevin Kiley from East Sacramento, Placer, Placer County area who is, by the way, Kathleen's and my choice as California's next governor. So I want to welcome welcome you, Kevin, and tell us a little bit where you've been campaigning lately and how things are going.
2: Yeah, well, thank you very much, and it's uh, it's great to be with you again. And uh, where have I been campaigning? Well, everywhere. <laughs> We've been uh, up and down the state. It's a big state, uh, but uh, everywhere I go, I am seeing the same thing, which is an unbelievable level of of energy and enthusiasm and hope and optimism uh, that California has better days ahead, that we're about to uh, turn the page on this era of decline and failure and corruption uh, and, uh, you know, reclaim our identity as a state, reclaim uh, the idea of government by the people. So it's a, it's a very exciting time.
3: Well, one of the reasons we and many other Californians support you is that you've been out front, opposing Newsom's autocratic lockdowns and arbitrary edicts longer than anyone, you started opposing him in the courts, our third branch of government, making the case personally in court as an attorney, along with Assemblyman Gallagher. and, And so I think we know, but what is the first thing you would do if you're elected right after you're installed in office?
2: Well, the first thing I do on day one, you know, on minute one, I'd have the order ready yeah, to Yeah, minute go one, Terminate <laughs> the state of emergency, uh, which right. is, you know, what has kept us uh, locked in this uh, pandemic mentality, this sort of, uh, you know, uh, unfamiliar paradigm of government control that has now become uh, far too familiar and has come to really define this whole era, uh, more so in California than anywhere else, in the entire country. And so by terminating the state of emergency, that would, you know, have enormous symbolic value saying we're moving on, you know, we're getting back uh, to our lives, but it would also have a huge practical impact in uh, causing all existing state and local emergency orders to uh, expire automatically.
3: That would be great. And like someone said at the county supervisors meeting that I attended, stop pushing the panic button. Well, it would be such
1: a new birth of freedom. I think California used to be known as the land of individual freedom. How far have we come?
3: And so we've watched you in the gubernatorial debates. You did really well. Uh, You have made the point better than anyone, or as well as anyone, that the most important choice for all voters, regardless of party, is to vote yes on part one of the ballot. So tell us why Democrats and independents should vote yes in this recall election.
2: Yeah, well, you know, a lot of Democrats and independents have have told me why they're voting yes in the recall election, uh, which is that the issues that uh, are in front of us uh, really are not uh, of a partisan nature. They're much more basic, much more fundamental. They're about having a government that actually represents the people of our state. They're about, uh, you know, the sort of foundational uh, principles of our country, about, uh, you know, having a, a government of, by, and for the people, and having a government that actually does the sort of things government is supposed to do, like, you know, uh, store water and manage forests and pave roads and operate schools, uh, as opposed to having a government that thinks its job is, uh, is to completely control and run our lives. And so uh, when I talk to uh, people throughout the state, uh, whatever their party might be, you have people who are Crafts, who are among the leading signature gatherers for the recall, and they'll say, you know, I had my child has been stuck at home when I want them to be in school for the last year for no good reason at all. Well, this governor, you know, sent his own kids to in-person private school. Uh, so I think that, uh, you know, one of the, the beautiful things about this movement is that it is, Uh, completely citizen-driven, and it's really brought people together in a way that we haven't seen in a long time.
1: Well, you mentioned, uh, among the many things, you mentioned education, and I know in your background, and you're not that old, but you've personally taught in the Los Angeles Public Schools, so talk about getting really to the heart of the matter, But I'd like you to tell us your views on the school choice initiative, because we've been talking about that on our show, and it seems like something that has great promise.
2: Yes, absolutely. And I'm very excited about this. There'll be a measure uh, that is now in the signature gathering phase to qualify for next year's ballot uh, that would uh, really uh, instantiate a new approach to public education in California, where uh, the funding follows the child so that, uh, if you as a parent are unsatisfied with what uh, your child is being taught, maybe they're just not being taught the basics like reading and writing. Maybe they're being uh, taught, you know, uh, some of these uh, crazy things we see uh, seeping into our schools like critical race theory or some of the uh, sex ed curriculum. Uh, or maybe your child just has different needs and so needs a different uh, approach that's more tailored to those needs uh then you as the parent can choose to enroll them uh in a different school and you will be uh, entitled to uh the funding that is attached to them uh that you know you pay taxes for and to, to spend as you see fit and i think that is going to be uh you know uh the sort of change that we need in order to truly turn around the public education system in california that is failing millions of kids
1: and you know uh Just one more thing about education, and it also relates to our state legislature that you are a part of, and I tell Kathleen every day, I wish those guys would just go home and maybe stay home for a year or so, because almost everything they do seems to be counterproductive. That is the
3: Democrats in the legislature. Yeah, the
1: the super majority. But what I want (laughs) to briefly ask you about, and I know you've commented on it in your blog, is didn't the legislature just this week pass a mandatory CRT class in order to graduate from high school?
2: Yes, uh, yes, it did. Uh, And uh, that is now sitting on Gavin Newsom's desk, uh, is mandatory CRT as a graduation requirement, a truly uh, radical proposition. So uh, I voted against this, of course. Uh, I spoke against it on the floor of the Assembly. uh, And it shows you just how far california has gone off the rails i mean even gavin newsom initially uh, opposed this curriculum when it came out two years ago everyone did he said that it was offensive in so many ways and would never see the light of day and yet here we are two years later and we're seeking to impose it on every california high school student
3: and they said that they weren't going to impose vaccine mandates too but now there's they're coming out with a lot of new restrictions it seems uh, like people the- are the Federal limits are visit.
1: being pushed as far as they can. Right, and you and even can't farther. believe
3: what they say. So uh, besides COVID restrictions and the education issue that would very much reform our state, let's hope it it does really take off. Uh, the The last problem that we need to talk about quickly is wildfires and the destruction that's doing. And that's a lot because of mismanagement, isn't it?
2: Uh, absolutely, and it's just unbelievable the level of devastation we're seeing in a district near in an area near my district uh, near Tahoe. We just just uh, finally kind of winding down the calder fire, which has been uh, hugely destructive, but we keep seeing these you know uh, catastrophic events with just uh, alarming regularity. And uh, you know you look at states that actually engage in proper forest management, like let's take Florida for example. They've treated forty five more acres. Uh, of of wildfire of sorry of forests uh, in their state 45 times more than california has this year uh, in areas of the state here even where you know citizens groups for example have taken matters into their own hands and engaged in proper forest management then yes those forests uh, do not uh, do not burn in the same way uh, we've totally decimated our timber industry in california we're carrying out Uh, about a one-fourth of the woods from the forest that we used to, and so they become uh, total tinderboxes. And then Gavin Newsom just wants to blame it all on climate change, which is a great way for him to avoid any uh, sort of accountability. Uh, Meanwhile, he's been caught going around exaggerating the the amount of work that's actually been done in our forests by 690%. Uh, So there's absolutely no reason that Californians should be having to live with these catastrophes, having to live in fear, that your light switch won't turn on or that your community will burn down. Uh, but that's the, that's the reality of life in Gavin Newsom's California.
1: Yeah, water and breathable air seem to me to be fairly important things for a quality of <laughs> yeah. life. I don't know, maybe I'm kind of radical. But, you know, you've been spending a lot of time with the legislature in session in Sacramento, and I've wondered, is the air quality right there in Sacramento adversely affected by these fires?
2: Oh, sure. I mean, uh, and I live not far from Sacramento, and there's been, uh, you know, days in the last couple months where it's been extremely unhealthy. So, uh, absolutely.
1: One other thing I want to ask you about that you must be very concerned about. We've had some very popular figures, the Uh tremendously popular Vice President Kamala Harris, and I understand that Governor Newsom's bringing an even more popular figure, and I say that in case you folks didn't get my sarcasm, our erstwhile um, president, Joseph Biden, is coming out, I understand, to try to save Governor Newsom. How concerned are you about this? Or, I don't know. What does this say about Governor Newsom, do you think?
2: Well, so I, uh, I mean, that's a good question. What it says about Governor Newsom is that he is desperate. Uh, I don't know how much this is going to help him. Uh, but, you know, what's noteworthy is that right now there are still California kids who are trapped in Afghanistan. Uh, yet Gavin Newsom has been using uh, whatever connection he has to the White House to beg Joe Biden uh, and Kamala Harris to come out here and campaign for him. Uh, so I would say that, you know, the priorities are completely uh, backwards.
3: That's a disaster that there's that – what's happened in Afghanistan It's just – Well, there's California students. California I understand students from,
1: from I down here in San Diego County, my understanding, yeah, is that there's still California students trapped in Afghanistan, because Congressman Daryl Lysa has just uh, written about that. It's it's unbelievable. Well, um, right. just in the couple minutes uh, left, Kevin, do you have any... Say whatever you want to our audience. Tell them to uh, do, do whatever you want. What, how can we help?
2: Well, thank you guys for being such great supporters and for everything you're doing to get the, the word out, because right now we really have a uh, a golden opportunity to Uh, to turn this state around and, uh, you know, uh, to reverse what has been uh, a long term decline, uh, which Gavin Newsom has kind of brought to this total freefall and to really, you know, light a new spark of liberty here in California, which I think can, you know, then spread uh, throughout the rest of the country, that we can lead the way out of this very dark era of government control. So I just make sure that you get your ballot in for any folks listening, however you're comfortable doing that. You know whether that's sending it in or dropping it off or going and voting in person. Early uh, in-person voting has now begun, uh, and you know, tell ten of your friends uh, to do the same thing because that's the way we're going to win this election. Is if the pro-recall uh, folks, uh, you know, spread the word and uh, and turn out in full force.
1: Yes, I myself was making phone calls the other night on behalf of the recall, and I found some Republicans are still still not voting, and if they're waiting to vote in person, that's fine, but. My goodness, do we need every single vote. We need an all-out effort. And uh, to add to what you're saying, I think not only would this tremendously change the course of our state, this would have national implications. I would go so far as to say to some degree this would have global implications because all eyes are on California. It's, It's incredible. Because I hear from people overseas. They're watching this recall.
3: This is a people's movement. This is a grassroots movement. This is the 2. million people that have signed this petition from that the grassroots got it going. up.
1: So, Kevin, thanks yeah. so much. This is the... Third time you've been on our show. The first time you were on, I think, was over a year ago. And at that time, I said, I thought you'd make a great governor. So it's (laughs) come a long long way (laughs) since then. So have a really blessed last few days of campaigning and hope everything goes extremely well. Folks, pray for this campaign and for Yes on the Recall. All right, folks. Thanks Um, for being with us, Kevin. Thanks so much. Uh, We thank you. And uh, these are momentous times. So. Let's all be good biblical citizens.
3: Stay with us. After the break, we'll be talking about some legal cases that are very important, that have consequences for our daily lives.
1: We do have some exciting news. Be right back.
0: There is more biblical citizen. Let's roll. Still to come on K Praise. Welcome back to Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Now, here are your hosts, Kathleen and Brian Milanakis, on K Praise.
1: Welcome back, folks. That was a great talk we just had with Kevin Kiley, who I hope might be our next governor in this segment we're going to cover some of the important legal cases both pending and some that have already been decided and it's a lot of really encouraging news i want to start out by praising the victory of dean Broyles at the national center for law and policy which affected all churches in california he and several other legal firms pro bono were representing several churches And it was established that the state cannot shut down churches again in California.
3: Yes, and all those legal fees were reimbursed. And that paved the way for the big victory for John MacArthur's church in in Los Angeles County. Here's a clip from Pastor MacArthur's announcement, in case you didn't hear it.
4: You may have heard that this past week, the uh, state of California, the county, the city, the health department, um, entered into a settlement with our attorneys, and that uh, case is completely settled as of now. Uh, you can read about it in The Grace today, but I, I thought I'd give you a little bit of a rundown on some of, the, some of the milestones over the last year or so. It was last July 23rd, 2020, when we wrote an article ca- called Christ, Not Caesar is the head of the church. That was our declaration that we would follow Jesus Christ and where the government told us to do something he told us not to do or the government told us not to do something he commanded us to do, we would follow Christ. And that's the document that Christ, not Caesar, is head of the church. So, so, August 12th of 2020, Grace Community Church filed a lawsuit against the Governor Newsom and Mayor Garcetti and uh, the others who um, we felt were involved in this, uh, the county and the health department as well. And what we alleged in that lawsuit was that health orders and actions violated the California Constitution's guarantee of free exercise of religion as well as the United States Constitution. That it um, disallowed us to have liberties that the Constitution gave us—to have liberty substantive, due process, freedom of speech, equal protection under the law, and separation of powers—we we didn't do that to be rebellious. We did it to be obedient.
3: The outcome of the settlement is that all charges were dropped against Grace Community Church. Not only were they not required to pay any of the heavy fines that the state and county were trying to impose, but the state now has to pay Grace Community Church $800,000 to reimburse them for legal fees incurred. And the state has to pay its own legal fees of over a million dollars. Not a great way to spend tax dollars, but at least... The outcome was good. So the Lord protected MacArthur and his church in that the state could not trace any cases of COVID to Grace Community Church either. Grace. In our
1: opinion, in our opinion, Pastor John MacArthur displayed the faith that every pastor should have displayed in our state and in the world. And you know what he said? I wasn't necessarily that courageous. It was my faith in the Lord, Jesus Christ that gave me the ability to act as, as I did. So just think of all the pastors in our state would have done as John MacArthur and some others we know have done. They stood up for religious liberty, and we hope that going forward, all churches follow their example.
3: Yes, and as he said, he did it to be obedient. So there has been another court victory that we would like to announce if you haven't heard about it this week. Professor Todd Zwicky, He's a law professor at George Mason University, won a lawsuit against George Mason's vaccine mandate. He argued that he already had COVID and that he did not need the vaccine because he has natural immunity. He, he tested for the antibodies and yes, he was found to have natural immunity. And as a nurse, I can tell you that natural immunity is better than artificial immunity induced through an injection. This is an established medical principle verified by studies and basic physiology. Why is natural immunity better? Because, in a nutshell, one's God-given immune system protects one against the variants of a virus, not just the original virus. We all, we all know that viruses mutate, and, and natural immunity lasts not just a few months or years, but many years or even a lifetime. So this is a very important case, and it pertains to us specifically here in San Diego. And let me explain. The chairman of our county board of supervisors, Nathan Fletcher, and his two followers, supervisors, I call them the tyrannical trio, Tara Lawson-Rimmer and Nora Vargas, last Tuesday voted to spend county resources to, quote, declare medical misinformation a public emergency. Really, they keep pushing the panic button. As part of that measure, Nathan Fletcher proposed combating as misinformation the idea that natural immunity is better than acquired immunity. He's saying that that's misinformation. So Fletcher is the one spreading misinformation on this issue. Apparently to please his pharmaceutical corporate donors who stand to make mega profits if they mandate enough vaccines. So it seems like someone should file a lawsuit against Nathan Fletcher. He's liable for that information. Now, also, the county should be held liable, in my opinion, for using a fraudulent PCR test to spend millions of dollars for what they call the COVID response. Why Why do I say it's a fraudulent test? Because as I told the county supervisors in that meeting last Tuesday, and many other people did too, it says right on the package insert of the PCR test that this test cannot distinguish between COVID, the flu, or other viruses, and yet they're basing everything on it. So this is this is a lawsuit waiting to happen, in my opinion.
1: And then there's the Let Them Breathe lawsuit, which is underway. We talked about it last week on our show. We interviewed Sharon McKeeman, who is suing both Gavin Newsom and the California Health Department, for keeping our kids masked all day long in the public schools, So pray for the success of that lawsuit as well, and consider supporting it through the Let Them Breathe website.
3: And lastly, we want to stress the importance of the faith in God that gives courage.
1: Look to the Bible. It was Joshua's faith in God that gave him the courage to face the battle against Jericho. It was David's faith in God that gave him the courage to face the giant Goliath. It was Daniel's faith in the only true God that gave, gave him the courage to defy Nebuchadnezzar and he is, and his companions who were worshiping a false god. God rewarded their faith, and he rescued Daniel from the lion's den in a miraculous way.
3: There are so many other examples of faithful servants in the Bible, in history, and in our current day, like John MacArthur and many other pastors. It is our unswerving faith in action that God wants to see. May we be like these examples in standing against evil forces who would come against us, come against us as Christ's followers or as free American citizens.
1: So to start to sum up listeners, Remember, vote this week, yes, on the recall, and please get your friends and neighbors to vote. And if you want to vote in person, in-person voting is going on right now, this weekend, right through Tuesday, September 14th. And if you still have your sample ballot, that tells you where your polling place is for in-person voting. In case you misplaced it, as some folks have, just go online to either Registrar of Voters or Department of Elections, go to one of those two sites and you can, with a couple clicks, you can find your way where you can type in your address and know where your polling place is. So that's really important. One of those, by the way, is sos.ca.gov slash elections slash polling place. But in case you didn't get all those letters, just type in Registrar of Voters and you'll get there.
3: To bless your neighbor this week, thank God for the victory in the Supreme Court protecting churches in California, and the victory for John MacArthur's church. Thank God for Todd Zwicky's court victory, saying natural immunity is better than artificial. Pray that this knowledge will become widespread, and misinformers like Nathan Fletcher will repent or be brought to justice. Pray for victory in the Let Them Breathe case to get mass off the children in schools. And very, very important, get out there and vote. Get your neighbors to vote yes on the recall. Till next week.
0: Bye bye. Thanks for joining us for Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Join us next week at the same time as Kathleen Melanakis, author and retired registered nurse, and her husband, Brian Melanakis, former company president, explore the deeper issues and spiritual forces behind the news, and how we as believers can be salt and light in our culture, and in the political arena. Biblical Citizen Let's Roll seeks to educate and activate Christians at the grassroots level, helping them to live out their responsibility to influence civic affairs for good next week we will cover more major news happening from the view of the biblical citizen to learn more about the show how to become a guest or a sponsor send an email to biblical at gmail.com that's biblical at gmail.com this has been biblical citizen let's roll on k praise